These are the funniest people I know. These are the funniest people I know. Said improv riffing, callers some sketches, characters and interviews, and then some more sketches. Now these are the funniest people you know. Now these are the funniest people you know. Now these are the funniest, these are the funniest, these are the funniest, these are the funniest people I know. Hello, world, and welcome to the Funniest People I Know podcast and radio show. My name is Will Amato. It's George's birthday. Happy birthday! Thanks, guys. And I'm here in the studio with TJ, Alexandria, and George, three of the funniest people available. Aww. (laughs) Glad to be here. Ladies and gentlemen, we're here on a momentous occasion. Today... Or this week, or this—we don't know when. The time is Sometime in July was George's sesquicentennial mm-hmm. birthday celebration. Yep. What, what number is that sound supposed to represent? <laughs> Somewhere between thirty-five and death. Yes. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> You're in the ballpark. Happy birthday, George! Thank you, Happy thank you. Birthday. I appreciate it. Happy thirty-five. Yeah, you guys were really awesome bringing in this little cake and everything. I really appreciate Aww, it. Yeah. Oh wait, we're not supposed to talk about that. Oh, oh. There, I mean, you guys are very nice not having brought in this little cake. Yeah, I don't see a cake at all. Yeah, we're not breaking the no food in the studio rule. We believe in the rules. We also believe in fire safety prevention, which yeah. is why we borrowed a lighter from the security guard. Yeah, we would never light candles in the building. No. So what George is saying is if we had brought in a cake and some things like that, that would have just been really sweet of us. It's a right. thought that counts. Yeah. Exactly. Like... I think an imaginary kind gesture mm-hmm. means just as much as a real gesture. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I just imagine giving each of you 20 bucks, so you're welcome. <laughs> and you I owe me. <laughs> I am filled with imaginary gratitude. This is basically Buddhist you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, I'm sure they appreciate you representing it that way. Right. <laughs> you effectively cultivate the feelings you want, and if what you want is happiness, you just kind of pretend your way into being happy. It really works. Wait, you you think Buddhism's mantra is fake it till you make it? <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay. I think they should put that on coffee mug. <laughs> fake it till you make it. <laughs> yeah, except it would be a... <gasps> That'll be our merch. Ooh. Fake it till you make it. Mm. Right. I think it would be a tea mug, and it would be filled with chai, to be fair. But <laughs> otherwise. Well, folks, we are so glad to be back together in the studio. It's been a minute since we've been able to get together. We've yes. had some great comedy yeah. on the airwaves, but we've also got a bunch of brand new segments coming up in the next few weeks that we're so excited to share with you. So thank you for tuning in. I'm here, of course, with Kramer himself. <laughs> what? Oh. Oh, don't call me that. Oh, I see it with the no. curls and the striped shirt. No. You do not have to take that, TJ. Yeah, I don't have that kind of reputation. Please don't. <laughs> I don't come through doors shouting racist things, right? Like, <laughs> I guess that's not, right? that's how we know the difference between you and Kramer. Right. Exactly. Well, well, I hope poor so. Michael Richards. How do you Richards. tell the difference between a TJ and a Michael Richards? This is the worst joke ever. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I know y'all have been trying to keep up with pop culture. Without yes. the folks on this show, I would totally be out of the loop. What's coming up? What should we be excited about, TJ and Alexandria? Ooh, so many things. Yes. Will, let me start off. That Comic-Con just ended, and mm-hmm. all these trailers just came out. And I'm going to start with the one that everyone's talking about, Cats. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it's so frightening. <laughs> 
if the trailer for It Chapter 2 won't keep you up at night, then I recommend the film hitting theaters this December, Cats, based on the Broadway musical Cats. <laughs> Basically about a bunch of characters introducing themselves until one of them eventually dies. All I can say is that I can't wait for it to come on Netflix a week after it hits theaters so I can see Taylor Swift perform as her more preferred alter ego. <laughs> and all the cats have human hands. Discuss. I was terrified when I first saw the Cats trailer. I'm not going to lie. I don't think I'm ready for real human features to be melted with cat features. It's weird. It's it, weird. Digital fur technology is what they called it. Yeah, but why not digital paw technology? <laughs> oh, I don't think... Why do they have human mouths? I don't know. It was too much. Hmm. I was surprised by all the cast. When I saw Jennifer Hudson singing as a cat, I don't know if it was just way too late at night and I just <laughs> couldn't handle it. Yeah. I needed to go to bed. Mm -hmm. But she's so loud and powerful when she sings. I love her voice, but it just roars. And just seeing that come mm -hmm. from a cat, I was like, no, girl, you're like a tiger or a lion. Or <laughs> she also <laughs> yes. she has that ugly cry look when mm -hmm. she's really belting it and they use that shot. And she looks like a cat wearing a fur coat. It's a bit much. Isn't that like hypocritical? That's not right. What type of fur would a cat wear? It looks like there was a nuclear accident on Broadway mm -hmm. and the cat's cast turned into animals. <laughs> All of the people in the cast is what mm -hmm. kind of got me. Yeah. Jane Judy Dench, I think, is a national treasure. No, wait, she's on the other side of She's Ponch. an international treasure. International, yes. yes so. <laughs> national treasure to uh, the Brits. I look forward to that, along with Ian McClellan. When Andrew Lloyd Webber wrote this musical. It was always weird. Yes. It's... My question to you is, I agree that it was creepy, as the musical was, but as a kid, when I saw the trailer for Cats the Musical coming to town on national tour, mm -hmm. I was a little creeped out by that, too. Mm -hmm. And I also happened to be allergic. <laughs> but yet, they figured out how to turn up the creepy weird dial even more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's what makes it so 2019. <laughs> I had to look up what Cats was about because it's the longest running musical in musical theater history. A lot of weird cat ladies out there. A lot of weird cat ladies out there. A lot of things that people know about the show. But I never knew what the plot was. I never knew what it was about. I looked it up and I read it on Wikipedia and I still do not know what the plot <laughs> is. I hear yeah. that's what happens even when you watch the show. You leave going, <laughs> I don't know what the hell that was just about. Well, I think it was really just a collection of songs and dance. Like I a mean, cabaret? Well, sort of. Maybe a thematic cabaret. Okay. Lily and I, my wife, were talking about this and that... It's a weird choice for a narrative film. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> it has no narrative. Because there isn't one. <laughs> isn't it based on like a series of poems that T.S. Eliot wrote to his son? Wait, that's a really specific thing to wonder <laughs> if it might be true. <laughs> isn't it this random fact I learned this week? Actually, like 20 minutes ago from Jane, she told me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was based on yeah. some poetry. That's yeah. true. Wow. Well, hmm. So that. you're saying you think that on stage it could make a bit more sense because you have the freedom to go there, but on film, it needs to have a bit more of a narrative to make sense. Or... I think so. I think we expect a narrative out of a film. Mm -hmm. The other thing I was thinking about is if the choice was to make cat people like mm -hmm. they did, okay. or cats, just as The Lion King, for example, mm -hmm. would that not have been weirder? Yes. Stage is far more forgiving mm -hmm. than 
film. You can go to a play and there's a woman playing a tree and that's perfectly acceptable and kind of beautiful. But if you were to watch a movie and there's Judy Dench playing a tree, you'd be like, this is weird. Yeah. <laughs> but she would be amazing, right? Like, <laughs> She'd be the best tree ever. Exactly. She comes out like a brown and green felt suit Ooh, or she, something. Like a willow tree. <laughs> Dramatic. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> yes. I was literally just thinking, would I have been more disturbed had I seen them as the cat people as they presented it? Or if it was them just in cat costumes, right. or cat headbands, <laughs> Halloween tales, like meow, singing these songs. <laughs> We hit this ethical problem with modern technology of just because you can doesn't mean you should. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking that's how I feel about cats. Maybe we shouldn't have done that. I also think we put these critical viewpoints on movies sometimes where really, I bet the conversation went something like this. Well, we need another hit. Hmm, what was the highest selling musical in Broadway history? Or the longest running tour? Cats. Hmm, I bet a lot of people in the Midwest will go see that film. (laughs) There goes our show. Because it looks like the director was doing some opium Mm -hmm. and had an idea and got it greenlit. I will say one other thing that I loved about the trailer. Mm -hmm. Cats have no race. Jennifer Hudson looks as much cat as Judi Dench, Ian McKellen, (laughs) all of them. So that's Mm kind of cool. You can put Mm -hmm. different folks in a movie like this and we're all just the same. And that's kind of neat. I do appreciate that until they pan to one of these human cats with a (laughs) twisted ear. And it's like, I can't take it. What's going on with Idris Elba's eyes? Oh, so scary. What was up with James Corden as a cat? That was odd. He looked like the penguin. I think he's supposed to be like a fat cat. With a top hat. Like Monopoly guy. And Rebel Wilson as a cat. I love Rebel Wilson. Yeah. I feel like I would want her as a pet if she was a cat. Well, There's another big cat movie. Big year for cats. It really is. And it made me think about, like George said, is this a movie that with technology, should they be doing this? Also, something Taylor Swift can't steal from Beyonce, which is The Lion King. Oh, shade. Looking at The Lion King, and when I saw the trailer, I was a little weary. I haven't seen the movie yet. Obviously, spoilers. We all know it's Hamlet. Oh, my God. I haven't finished Hamlet yet. Don't tell me what happens in the end. (laughs) Spoiler. I was looking at it and I was like, is this a movie where they need to make it look like Animal Planet? But you have these Animal Planet lions singing, oh, I just can't wait to be king. (laughs) So weird. I haven't seen it yet. But what I have done is listened to Beyonce's album, The Gift. Oh, how do you feel about that? I wanted to hate it. I really wanted to. Beehive, please do not come for me. Do not put... (laughs) First of all, George, you set me up with this topic because you know the Beehive is crazy. And I'm trying to build a career out here. I do not have time. Don't be calling them crazy. (laughs) The Beehive is passionate. They are (laughs) fierce in their love for their queen. They know what talent looks like out here. The Beehive is just as great as the queen that runs them, Beyonce. I love that she gave you an album called The Gift Mm -hmm. just to let you know... Here yep. you go. Mm-hmm. I've been yeah. great. Yeah. Exactly. You're welcome. Yeah. You know? Here's what yes. I did for you. She literally has a song on the album called Move Forever, which I think is my anthem for the summer. Mm. And she states her name. She's like, I am Beyonce, Giselle No Carter. And she goes through and she names. She's Nala and I'm Queen Sheba. And I am a whole schmood. She declared herself a whole schmood. Yeah. <laughs> Beyonce just doesn't care anymore. She's Mm -hmm. married. She has three kids. She's done a gajillion tours. Mm -hmm. She's Nala. What more could you want from her? I really feel like that's what she said with this album. 
I listened to the album and I think the, the songs are good. Okay. There's no hits by any means, but they're good. They're yeah. solid. Mm-hmm. But the interludes of clips from The Lion King, which I haven't seen the movie, mm-hmm. but I've seen the cartoon mm-hmm. and it's the exact same words, mm-hmm. is weird. It takes me out of it. It's like, oh, yeah, this is strange. Can we talk about that? Yeah, yeah, what's that all about? I was a little taken by that as well. What this project reminded me of, what Kendrick Lamar did with Black Panther, how he Mm -hmm. produced his album, but it with different parts of Black Panther and then told this story. I feel like it was going for something like that, but it didn't blend in quite as well because it's a random Disney clip going into the Soka Afrobeat Yeah, it's really song. weird. Yeah. Love the music, but this clip just threw me off. Because they're supposed to be connected. I'm now trying to find some deeper meaning, and I think it's just a week before they produced it, like, hey, wouldn't it be cool if... And nobody stopped them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, Beyonce... No, no, I'm not going to say that it wasn't Beyonce. <laughs> like you said, it was everyone else. It was else someone around, else. Everyone else around her. I also think <laughs> Disney mm-hmm. probably funded this project oh, you're right yeah. mm-hmm. and when they go for something they go whole hog there's no Pro- subtlety at disney that's right to prove that point the spirit song mm-hmm. music video on youtube which is available and i highly recommend you watch mm-hmm. when i finished watching this film with beyonce mm-hmm. with all this dancing <laughs> and all these locations I just thought, oh, Beyonce is Mother Nature. <laughs> She's everything. Oh, yes. I know what movie you're talking about. She's a whole mode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's in a sort of creek, <laughs> synchronized swimming yeah. with and dancers. Yeah. Again, not a hit, but you can 100% hear her singing that at the Oscars, which is why she even made that yes. song. Oh, this exactly. is called Beyonce Wants an Oscar. Exactly. Yes. Also, do you know how in The Lion King, there's that sun sort of right on the horizon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. The sun soaring high. Yes. <laughs> the sapphire sky. The sapphire the, sky. The way we walk. Well, well. Nearly. Nearly. Yeah. <laughs> to get that light mm-hmm. for as long as they did uh-huh. and over as many setups as they did, it took them at least two weeks to shoot that. Because you only have that sunlight for uh-huh. about 20 minutes a day. And in all the clips, you in think this, the sun was not real? Beyonce. It waits for her. Oh, true. <laughs> the sun, the Earth ceases to whirl around the axis because Beyonce's filming a Disney. She movie. said, "Hold up," and then the Earth stopped <laughs> for a minute. Today, did you hear? She filmed at the Grand Canyon. And people were just mad because they were turned away from their family vacation day For a music video? Yeah, because <laughs> Beyonce like, stopped the sun. And owns the Grand Canyon now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And is Mother Nature, which In is this moment, do. though, I guess she could have shot once and then put that background in the additional shots. But the light looks so natural. If she didn't continue to go back, like if they didn't shoot for two weeks... She at least has just so much footage of natural sun just rising like that, just from her <laughs> elaborate vacations. Uh, just yeah. Yeah. She, she just puts the camera out right. and records the sun. And with mm-hmm. all this deep fake technology and CGI, she totally just blended that on her laptop. Yeah, she filmed like, that her. in her bathtub. You're right. They always have the dancers with her just in case she mm-hmm. gets inspired. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. There's a floor of hotel room just reserved for those people. Always. Oh, man. I'm excited for The Lion King. It looks pretty cool. Seth Rogen, of course, voicing Pumbaa. Mm-hmm. Billy yeah. Eichner as Timon. 
Now good. that Billy Eichner and Nathan Lane have played Timon, are we just accepting that Timon's gay? Yeah, he's just a gay meerkat? Basically. <laughs> okay. I think so. Okay. Yeah. You go, Timon. You be you. They'll announce it weeks from now. Oh, yeah, wait. Timon was gay, by the way. It'll be like a J.K. Like, Rowling yeah. thing? Yeah. No, like they did with um, um, call it from Beauty and the Beast. Not Gaston, but his... A, a sidekick. Yeah. Le Fou. Oh, yeah, Le Fou. I'm French. Le Fou? <laughs> Le Fou. Le Fou. Yeah. Le Fou. <laughs> you two make a pretty dynamic duo. Yeah, you do. Oh. We do what we can. I'd say, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I understand you did a little bit of funniest people I know relationship building. We did. Yeah. We hung out. Yeah. TJ and Alex, take the scene. Take the scene. Take the scene. <laughs> I love it. You knew right where to jump in. Thank you. Alex and I attended the Atlanta Comedy Film Festival this past weekend, and I gotta say, it was very interesting and hilarious. <laughs> That's what I wrote down too, was interesting. Oh yeah, I see that. And uh, right-click synonyms, unique, and longer than I thought. It was great. It was worth it. It was really cool to see this talent, local yeah. filmmakers. We mm-hmm. saw a friend mm-hmm. of the podcast and a friend of ours, Alex Parkinson. Yeah. And one of the oh, really? shorts yeah. that we That's saw. That's really cool. Yeah. And we saw... My friend Rachel mm-hmm. Cross. Shout out to her. Her and Alex team up. Sometimes she's mm-hmm. a brilliant writer out yeah. here. That was cool. I did appreciate tapping to some of the local talent and yeah. see some of my friends there. Like, oh, look at us. Were there any good films? Hmm, about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, there was that. I liked the one yeah. Alex was in. That was good. It was also at a brewery, which is a thing that should probably be known about this adventure with TJ and I. They, yes, had drinks. There was lots of drinks. <laughs> oh, um, no. Like alcohol. Full pours. Memories, recollections of this night may be this full or not full as those not pours full. that we had. Um, <laughs> remember the sketch about yes. the murder? Like it was, Yes. Yes, the, the murder. The murder. Yes. You don't. No. <laughs> so, <laughs> what, what happened in that sketch, DJ? What happened in the one about the murder? Murder. Yeah, there was a lot of murder. It was this really interesting sketch. The girl had people following her documentary style. Oh, yeah. That one. Yeah. Yes. Okay. No, she was murdering a lot. That was good. She did a good job. She did a really good job. I felt like I never could catch the humor of it, though. Yeah. It was very dark humor. Yeah. I would go with that. (laughs) What stood out to you? You know, that murder one, that was good. (laughs) Yeah. DJ was a great one. Mm -hmm. Where are you when you are attending things? With Alexandria, of course. (laughs) Watching the same thing. So you were present in body. Exactly. But nothing else. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) There was this guy. I wasn't with him the whole time, but he was providing live music to people who were not at the film festival, Mm -hmm. and he had this unique down Owl City meets someone screaming loudly in an elevator. It's like Screeching Owl City? Yeah. He had that like psychedelic. (laughs) Yeah. And then he would take breaks and play the trumpet and then that. And I would be looking at him and he'd be looking at me then I'd look at him and I was like, oh wow. (laughs) Wait, so Alex, did TJ have any game here? I went to the bathroom and then I came back and TJ was like dancing in front of the guy. So not with. Not with. I felt it was some sort of mating symbol. (laughs) No, I want to do a boomerang. Oh, that was true. I did do the boomerang 
going on yeah. my Instagram for that. But I also felt like you wanted to flag him a little bit. Yeah, I just want him to like, see I'm my t- backside. I didn't want him to like, <laughs> see the front. So I'm my back to him the whole time. <laughs> like a peacock. <laughs> That's how we do it at the Atlanta Comedy Film Festival. And I love the music he was playing. It was really interesting because he had a trumpet. He had this electric yeah. keyboard. Yeah. He had that psychedelic straw. Mm-hmm. That's not what it sounds like, but you yeah. know what I'm talking about. He didn't about. have an air horn per se, but he could have. <laughs> it was interesting, for sure. It was. He was doing a lot of top 40 type music. It would be like the Migos or something. Did you talk to him, TJ? Maybe. Do tell. I did talk to him. Okay, maybe three or four years later, I was just like, I'm going to go talk to this guy. What'd you say? What'd you do? <laughs> and I went in and they were closed and everyone was clean up. Just, <laughs> you waited till they were closed to go <laughs> talk to the guy? I didn't know they were closed so early. Yeah, I walked up to him <laughs> and he's solving this Rubik's Cube. And I'm like, so you solve Rubik's Cubes? <laughs> Game. I know, right? Thank you. Thank you. He, after a long day at work, decided to lean against the building and do a Rubik's Cube real quick. He's a mystery. That's a keeper. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. We all do. That's how he decompresses. Yeah. And he was just talking to me about how to do the Rubik's Cube. And I'm just looking at the Rubik's Cube for some reason the whole time. And I look at my watch, 20, 30 minutes has gone by. Oh my god. Did you look at him? I don't know. I was transfixed on the Rubik's Cube for some reason. (laughs) And like he was just talking to me way through. He was like, I need to do it this way and then this way. And then wait. Oh, no. Sorry. Uh, Oh, the way back. He needed to go this way. And we go around again. So (laughs) what ended up happening after you got through solving the Rubik's Cube? He was like, catch me up on the Atlanta Beltline sometime. And I'm like, oh, you play at a restaurant near Beltline? He's like, no on the belt line. So just like, like oh. catch me sometime when I'm walking? <laughs> no, he plays on the belt oh. line. Nowhere specific. Kind of like a subway performer, gentleman caller? Yeah. Okay. It yeah. sounds like I another should... field trip for TJ and Alex. Bring... <laughs> and yes. Next time I'll be your wing woman. Thank you. Bring a Rubik's Cube. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I love that you guys going to the film festival results in TJ awkwardly talking to a guy about Rubik's Cubes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And no commentary on the film no there was, <laughs> there was some really good food there was oh yeah they had like <laughs> vegan food that, it was yeah, good it was like stir like, fry i am sure they're oh, so glad that, that you great. came please yeah. look up the event we just had a lot of beers and yeah. we were like cackling with each other mm-hmm. great commentary Folks, if you've got an event happening in Atlanta and you'd like TJ and Alex to show up, <laughs> send us an email at funniestpeopleiknow at gmail.com. Oh my God, I want TJ to go to a shower so bad. Yeah. We're fun. We are so fun. We pay attention. <laughs> we're a mess, but we're fun mess. Speaking of a fun mess, we're playing the Democratic Primary Fantasy League draft and George has an update for us. George, how we doing? We'll go over real quick how we earn points. If they're still in the race when we do the tally at the end of the month they get a point if they've been on meet the press they get two if they do it to town hall they get five if it was on fox news they get 10 if they make it into a debate they get 10 and if they win the debate they get an extra 15 and then there's a few points if they get into a feud on twitter with trump but most of the points come from the poll numbers and their donations and then you can lose points for suspending your campaign or not qualifying for debates where do you get your poll numbers i pull them off of 538 great and the donations I'm pulling off the FTC website. So you're watching everything that happens, and that's how you're keeping tabs? 
I know where to look for these pieces of information. I mean, it only takes like a few minutes to oh. go and find the info. Interesting. And soon I think we'll be down to like five people. Yeah. So this will be a lot, a lot faster. For another year, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and in the future, there'll be points for them winning primaries and stuff. But we'll just mm-hmm. worry about okay. that then. Can I just say they have a debate coming up on my birthday? TJ's birthday debate party. Yeah. That would be fun. Although I only have about an hour's worth of tolerance for the debate. Uh, I've never seen the second hour of any debate. I don't think anybody has. Not even the news. (laughs) You just got to Not even Rachel Maddow. (laughs) You, You have never seen a clip from the second half of a debate the next day. Unless Kamala Harris stabs Joe Biden in the head in the oh second God. half of the debate, you yes. will not hear anything about it. That's mm-hmm. a great point, because even watching the recap of the debate, when I've turned it off after an hour, mm-hmm. I go, oh, I remember that. Yeah, it's just the first 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's anybody has time to watch. <laughs> Let's hear how we're doing. This has really become a game for second and third. One of us is blown away and one of us is losing embarrassingly. Fourth place is me. I have <laughs> you create this a game really too. bad team. <laughs> I have Klobuchar and Pete Buttigieg, who I like. And then I have the also-rans, Eric Swalwell, Michael Bennett, Seth Moulton, and Marianne Williamson. Uh, Eric Swalwell was out first, so he cost me 300 points in negative. So I have 679 points. Oh, so when they drop out, you lose 300 points. You lose 100 when most of them drop out, except for the first. Copy that. Of course, I have the first. I think I also have the second and third, probably. Yeah. So I'll be in the negative very soon. In the lead is TJ, because we let him get all the greats. He's got Bernie, he's got Cory Booker, he's got Biden. all the bees. TJ, (laughs) I have 679 points. You have 1,974 points. (gasps) Wow. (laughs) Here I come. Mostly it's because of the money. Bernie and Biden have a lot of money between the two of them, and Mm -hmm. that just throws him over everybody. Yeah. Yeah. All right, fair enough. Yeah. The real game is between Will and Alex. Will, your team is John Delaney, John Hickenlooper, Kamala Harris, Kirsten Gildebrandt, Steve Bullock, and Tulsi Gabbard. And Alex, your team is Andrew Yang, Beto, Elizabeth Warren, Julian Castro, Stacey Abrams, who's not running for president, and Tim Ryan. Will, you are in second place with 1175, and you're right behind him with 1109. So I think there's a tight game between the two of you guys for who's going to get second. But mm-hmm. unless those two guys drop out and Buttigieg wins, oh, uh, there's no wow. question for me, TJ. <laughs> yeah. I'm realizing in this moment I am pulling all for Kamala Harris. <laughs> because she's probably the only chance I've got. Yeah, she's your top earner. Now, according to my calculations, the top five is the same as top five of CNN, and just in a different order. So I think that I have a very scientific method going on. Here. <laughs> yeah. I think your poll is as good as any other I've heard about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll update us next month on how bad my team does. Thank you, George. I hope you're all following along in our presidential democratic debate fantasy league. Yeah, I actually heard from somebody who's playing along. They've picked some people and they're trying to see how they do, too. I'm sure they're beating me. Well, let me tell you what. If they beat TJ, I will give them a prize. Okay. Ooh. They get one of those tea mugs. Do I get a prize? Yeah, I'm going to throw some shade your way when oh, you win. Hey. <laughs> oh, no. <That's> <laughs> <laughs> they said shades. Folks, we have a very special guest on the show today. This is our friend, the celebrated author, Debbie Rigaud. She's got a new book coming out, and we're going to go ahead and give her a call because she was willing to talk to us for the funniest people I know. Let's get her on the line. Hi, Debbie. Hi. Hello. Hello. Hi, Debbie. Hi, Debbie. Hi, George. <laughs> Hi, guys. We are so delighted to have you on The Funniest People I Know. You're a real live author. Oh, my God. Yes, I am. Crazy hearing your voice in person because I am a listener. 
Oh, wonderful. Well, thank you for yeah. tuning in to The Funniest People I Know. See, I told you guys we have listeners. <laughs> You're like, I knew we had I'm a listener. Right. We'll see someone's listening in Ohio. I love that. I'm going to let TJ, where you been? Debbie Regaud's on the line. Sorry, I was in the bathroom. He Hi, wants... TJ. I heard that. Hey. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was going through Instagram. I was like, oh, wait. Debbie, I first want to start by talking about voila. Okay. <laughs> Which I know is a short story that was a breakout for you. And I read it this weekend and I really oh. love the story. Matanta, Tanta, who is she based on? Someone in your life? Yes. This is based on my godmother, who is my great aunt. Someone who helps raise me. She lived with us growing up. Matante, which means my aunt in French or Creole. So we call her Matante. If I can just read a quote real quick that I love okay. from this character. She's this older woman and she's got to go to the ghetto doctor. Yes. Yes. And she goes with her niece, right? Yes. It's her great niece. She has this wonderful quote. She says, things are always floating around us, but just like a sunbeam, it takes the light in our hearts to see the magic that is invisible to most people. Ooh. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. oh, I got chills when I read that. Do you try to live your life on those terms? I do. It's something that you got to keep checking in with yourself moment by moment, trying to lead with love and look for the good a lot of times. But I can be a complainer. (laughs) (laughs) And there was a time in my life where I was more in tune. And I'm trying to get back to that. Thank you for reading that quote, and I'm glad you enjoyed it. But yes, I try to look for the good. And this story, she's got to go to this doctor. She has to sit there for five hours to see the doctor. And they're still finding these moments of joy. Sitting in the waiting room of a doctor's office is miserable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, on a 15-minute waiting room is involved sometimes. Exactly. And then when the man stands up out of the wheelchair... And they're all laughing at the end because he didn't need it all along. And he says, I told this child I didn't need a wheelchair. What I love about it, too, is like the people who annoy you, like uh, Waverly in the story, a take charge person. They sometimes suddenly find them a little less annoying when it's to your benefit, when they're using their qualities to your benefit. And that's what happens in the end. But yeah, it's a story of based on things that I used to experience. I used to be pissed off going to the doctor to translate. My great aunt is elderly and she's Haitian. And she didn't know English, so I went to transit. I love knowing how this story is so autobiographical. Now you're working on your second novel, right? Yes. Truly, Madly, Royally, which comes out on July 30th. Congratulations. Congratulations, Debbie. A week before the release, and we've got the author on the line. When you're writing and you've either got some words to put on paper or a deadline, I understand you tend to procrastinate a little bit. Yes. I do, very much so, violently so. Unfortunately, I've been trying to change. This is the way I am. If it's something sad, if it's something good, I don't know. I am just at the point where I always feel optimistic. I have one other question for you. Okay. There are three used copies of Perfect Shot available on Amazon. The cost of those three are $700, $800, and $900. (laughs) What gives and why is that book so expensive right now? Ridiculous. You don't do it. I wonder if these are signed copies or when you were a child, did you put your little footprint in there? (laughs) What it is is they're going out of print. Maybe you lied, but I'm sure it should go to the bookstore and order. Well, you know what? It was 
well done because TJ bought all three. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. TJ I, loves a limited edition. I'm mm-hmm. broke now. Can you tell us about Truly Madly Royally, your book that comes out next week? It's about a girl named Zora who is going to my summer program at this university and meet and go for a prince of Landerero. At the end of it all, there's a royal wedding to attend. Wow. Oh, everybody just perked up when they heard (laughs) royal wedding. Ooh, a royal wedding. (laughs) Yeah. I have to dress up to read this book. (laughs) I assume you were influenced by the real royal wedding. Influenced by the whole reaction to Meghan Markle's engagement. The reactions range from hilarious to indifferent. And the main character, her mom represents some of the... uh, some of the, the fangirling that happened. Just <laughs> the excitement. And Zora's sort of like someone who cares about her her community and her neighborhood. And so I was kind of inspired by a friend of mine, somebody who is always making an impact, who's always up to something and planning something for her area. I interviewed her and then she's such a community organizer. Naturally, just gets involved and just things started. Wow. Well, congratulations. I'm so happy for you and delighted for the book to come out. I know there's a Kindle edition available and you can get the paperback. Do TYA come out in hardback? Yes, they do. They do come out in hardback, but mine is a paperback and mine is through Pulse. Pulse is awesome. So I'm really happy to be a part of that imprint and that it's going to be at Galactic Book Fair at school. That's awesome. That's really awesome. Oh, that was my favorite time of yeah. year, the what? book fair. Yeah. I looked forward to it. I used to peddle my mom and dad for cash separately so I could get <laughs> double the amount. Sixth grade Will would love a royal wedding book, too. Oh, 100%. I would have loved a royal wedding. We are so delighted to be speaking with you and to have you on the show. Folks, you can get Truly Madly Royally released July 30th, so you can pre-order a copy now. We hope you'll enjoy it. Once again, we want to thank Debbie Rigaud for being on The Funniest People I Know. Debbie, thank you so much. Have a great day. Thank you, Debbie. Thank you, Debbie. Thank you, Debs. All right. Good luck with the book. Take care. Take care. Bye. Bye. Well, folks, that was certainly a treat. George, thanks for hooking us up with Debbie. Yeah, she's awesome. I'm really glad she could be on the show. So, Debbie, uh, good luck with your book. Thank you for being on the show. And thank you, folks, for listening. We're just so delighted that we get to do this every week and the audience grows every single week. So, folks, tell a friend about the show. Write us, tweet us, Instagram us. Mm -hmm. Have yourselves a hilarious week. Bye. Bye. That does it for this episode of The Funniest People I Know. We broadcast on Saturdays at 1.30 p.m. on the Georgia Radio Reading Service. The podcast is available Sundays on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or just ask Alexa to play Funniest People I Know. Please help us spread the word, rate, review, and subscribe. Contact us on Twitter and Instagram at Funniest People I Know or email know at gmail.com. Have yourselves a hilarious week. 